I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Now, it's pronounced sugar, not sugar. That gives no country for old men a, a new kind of flavor. I don't think I like the movie. No, oh, hello. Uh, welcome to the mansion of Leaves of Glen. A bit that I'm not giving up on until I get sick of it. And so far, it's the only thing that I have to hold on to. Uh, this is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Uh, this week, we're reading a short story called Ponies by Kij Johnson. I had to look that up. It's K-I-J, but apparently it's pronounced Kij. Don't ask me. Uh, it's a story of a young woman and the ponies uh, that need to fit in. Uh, about the author, uh, Kij uh, was born Catherine Irene Johnson on January 20th, 1960 in Harlan, Iowa. Uh, fun facts, she's a faculty member at the University of Kansas. Uh, she's worked extensively in publishing, managing editor of Tor Books and TSR, later Wizards of the Coast. It's a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Uh, collections editor for Dark Horse Comics and content manager working on the Microsoft Reader. Oh, do you hear that? A helicopter is literally going over my house right now. There isn't enough pillows that I can pile up in my bedroom to block that out. Uh, in her time at Wizards of the Coast, she was continually a uh, continuity manager for Magic the Gathering <laughs> and creative director for AD&D settings Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms. Uh, the short story Ponies uh, won a Nebula Award in 2011. Uh, so, uh, crap. The grandfather clock isn't going off, which normally tells me when to shut up, and I don't have anything to report. Wow, there's a lot of time left. Oh my god. Well, I'm taking a break from Charles Dickens because I read chapter 22 in the last episode and thought, wow, that took almost two hours. I, I really don't like that I have to do this for 40 more chapters. So, uh, I'm taking another break. I'm just going to keep reading cute little short stories, uh, like this one about ponies. And I'll uh, see whatever happens. Uh, Christ. Still have a lot of time left. Uh, make, making friends on Twitter. Uh, online interactions are uh, touch and go. It's a, a gentle dance between making jokes and uh, maybe having people take you seriously. Uh, have I done something to offend someone? I don't think so. But uh, I think I'm... I think people out there think that I'm a, a foot fetishist, which I'm not, because I hate feet. I think feet are gross. They got weird tendons, and they're veiny, and toenails sliding around on top of those big, bulbous toes. I hate feet, but uh, for some reason, Maggie over at Ladies Fright Podcast, uh, we were joking back and forth on Twitter, and then for some reason I thought it was funny to say, like, uh, if I ever DM'd you, it's because I'd want to get feet pics. And as soon as I hit send, I thought, oh, well, that's 
I pretty much lost that person. They're going to think that's gross, and I creeped them out. And I don't like feet. What do I do now? Do I send back five messages going, just kidding, and another message, I hate feet. And it was, I said, no, 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 just double down on what you did here. But uh, Maggie over at Ladies Fright Pod, at Ladies Fright Pod, it's a show worth checking out. I listen to it. They're uh, delightful. They just joke around and, and tell stories. Uh, but I enjoy it. They're good times. Uh, wrote back saying, well, why don't you get a promo together and then we'll, uh, we'll put it on our show. And also, we got pedicures and we want to show them to you. And I thought, ah, Christ, because I don't like feet, but I don't want to be rude. So do I embrace being the foot guy? Do I have to lead this double life that I don't really have acting like it? Like they send them and then I say, oh, yeah, delicious. And, what kind of gloss did you use on your nail? I don't care, but uh, apparently I'm going to get foot picks now, and I'll try not to vomit and say, like, oh, those are uh, delightful little piglies. Um, but I said, I don't have a promo. I don't know how to promote this show, and I don't know how to promote the book boys want to do with Ben. So Maggie was nice enough to write a promo for each one, so I'm going to be doing that pretty soon. Thank God the grandfather clock. Uh, let's get into this story. Now we will begin reading uh, Ponies by Kiz Johnson, the winner of the 2010 Nebula Award for a short story. I don't know if this is public domain. It doesn't say anything one way or the other. So let's just hope I read this and uh, Kiz never finds out and never sues me. The invitation card has a Western theme. Along its margins, cartoon girls in cowboy hats chase a herd of wild ponies. Ah, the ponies are no taller than the girls. Yeah, bright as butterflies. F fat, short, round-tipped unicorn horns and, and small, fluffy wings. At the bottom of the card, the newly caught ponies mill about in a, in a corral. The girls have lassoed a pink and white pony. Its eyes and mouth are surprised round O's. And there's an exclamation mark over its head. The little girls are cutting off its horn with carved knives. Wow. Its wings are already removed. Uh, part of the pile beside the corral. Uh, you and your pony, and Sonny's name is handwritten here in puffy letters, are invited to a cutting out party with the other girls. Oh, the other girls is all one word. Uh, so I guess it's a brand. If we like you, and if your pony does okay, we'll let you hang out with us. Sunny says, ah, I, can't, I can't wait to have friends. She reads over Barbara's shoulder, rose-scented breath woofling through Barbara's hair. They are in the backyard next to Sunny's pink stable. Uh, Barbara says, do you, do you know what you want to keep? Well, Sunny's tiny wings are a blur as she hops into the air, loops, and then hovers, legs curled under her. Oh, uh, being able to talk, absolutely. Flying is great, uh, but talking is way better. She drops to the grass. I don't know why any pony would keep her horn. Uh, it's not like it does anything. This is the way it's always been, as long as there's been ponies. All ponies have wings. All ponies have horns. 
and all ponies can talk. Then all ponies go to a cutting out party and they give up two of the three because that's what has to happen if a girl is going to fit in with the other girls. Barbara's never seen a pony that still has her horn or wings after her cutting out party. Uh, Barbara sees the other girls' ponies peeking in the classroom windows uh, just before recess or clustered at the bus stop after school. They're, they're baby pink, oh, and lavender, and daffodil yellow with, with flossy manes and ringlets. The tails that curl to the ground uh, when not at school and cello lessons, the uh, ballet class and soccer practice and playgroup uh, and the orthodontist, the other girls spend their days with their ponies. The party uh, is at Top Girl's house. Oh, Top Girl is one word as well. I'm not clear on what this is supposed to be. She has a, a mother who's a pediatrician and a father who's a cardiologist in a, in a small barn Giant trees shading the grass where the ponies are playing games. Sunny walks out to them nervously, and they silently touch her horn and wings with their velvet noses. And then the ponies all trot out to the lilac barn at the bottom of the pasture where bale of hay has been broken open. Top girl meets Barbara at the fence. That's your pony, she says without greeting. She's not as pretty as Star Blossom. Barbara's defensive. She's beautiful. This is a misstep. So she adds, yours is so pretty. Top girl's pony is pretty. Her tail is every shade of purple and, and, and glitters with stars. But Sunny's tail is creamy white and shines with honey-colored light. And Barbara knows that Sunny's the most beautiful pony ever. Top girl walks away, saying over her shoulder, there's, there's rock band in the family room. And a bunch of the, the other girls are hanging out on the deck. And Mom uh, brought some cookies. And there's Coke Zero and Diet Red Bull and uh, Diet Lemonade. These little kids are drinking a lot of diet. Where are you? Yeah, Barbara asks. I'm outside, Top Girl says. So Barbara gets a crystal light, weird, and three frosted raisin oatmeal cookies and follows her. The other girls outside are listening to an iPod plugged into speakers and playing Wii Tennis, and, and watching the ponies play hide-and-seek, and who's prettiest, and this is the best game, which is all one word. I guess the helicopter's coming back. There they all, there, yeah, I'll start over. They were all there, <laughs> second girl, and suck-up girl, these are all one word, and everyone likes her girl, and the rest. Barbara only speaks when she thinks she'll get it right. And then it's time. The other girls and their silent ponies collected a ring around Barbara and Sonny. Barbara feels sick. Top girl says to Barbara, When'd she pick? Sonny looks scared but answers her directly, I would rather talk than fly or stab things with my horn. Top girl says to Barbara, eh, That's what ponies always say. She gives Barbara a curved knife with a blade as long as a woman's hand. Uh, me? Barbara says. I thought someone else did it. A grown-up. Top Girl says, everyone does it for their own pony. I did it for Star Blossom. In silence, Sunny stretches out a wing. It's not the way it would be cutting a real pony. The wings come off easily, smooth as plastic, and the blood smells like cotton candy at the fair. There's a, a, a shiny, trembling oval where the wing was, as if Barbara is cutting rose-flavored Turkish delight in half and sees the pink under the powdered sugar. She thinks, eh, it's, eh, it's not pretty, and throws up. Sunny shivers, her eyes shut tight, 
Barbara cuts off the second wing and lays it beside the first. The horn is uh, harder, like uh, pairing a real pony's hooves. Barbara's hand slips and she cuts Sunny and there's more cotton candy blood and, and then the horn lies in the grass beside the wings. Sunny drops to her knees and Barbara throws the knife down and falls beside her, sobbing and, and hiccuping. She scrubs her face with the back of her hand and looks up at the circle. Star Blossom touches the knife with her nose and pushes it toward Barbara with one lilac hoof. Top Girl says, Now the voice! You have to take away her voice. But I already uh, cut her wings and her horn. Barbara throws her arms around Sunny's neck, protecting it. Two of the three, you said. That's the cutting out. Yeah, Top Girl says. That's what you do to be one of us, in all one word. But the ponies pick their own friends, and that costs two. Star Blossom tosses her violet mane. For the first time, Barbara sees that there's a scar shaped like a smile on her throat. All the ponies have one. I won't, Barbara tells them. But even as she cries until her face is caked with snot and tears, she knows she will. And when she's done crying, she picks up the knife and pulls herself upright. The story's gross so far. Sunny stands up beside her on trembling legs. Yeah, this is disturbing. She looks very small without her horn or wings. Barbara's hands are slippery, but she tightens her grip. No, Sunny says suddenly, not even for this. Sunny spins and runs, runs for the fence in a gallop as fast and beautiful as real ponies. But there are more of the others, and they are bigger. And Sunny doesn't have her wings to fly her or her horn to fight. They pull her down before she can jump the fence to the woods beyond, and Sunny cries out. And then there's nothing, only the sound of pounding hooves from a tight circle of ponies. The other girls, all one word, stand, frozen. Their blind faces are turned toward the ponies. The ponies break their circle, trot away. There's no sign of Sunny beyond a, a spray of cotton candy blood and a coil of her growing mane torn free and fading as it falls to the grass. Into the silence, Top Girl says, hey, uh, Cookies? Uh, she sounds fragile and false. The other girls crowd in the house, chattering equally artificial voices. They, they start up a game and drink more Diet Coke. Barbara stumbles after them into the family room. What are you playing? She says, uncertain. Why are you here? First girl says, as if noticing her for the first time. You're not one of us, in all one words. The other girls, all one word, nod. You don't have a pony. Let's uh, retire to the smoking room and review what we've uh, learned here in this episode. One thing we've learned is that uh, the story's so short, I'm not able to work in my uh, review of new and upcoming romance novels where I talk smutty to you and bring you up to my master bedroom. So you're just going to have to spend the rest of the week horny uh, and wondering what magical stories I would have whispered to you. Uh, because we're just going to go straight into... Uh, Figured out what the hell happened here. Uh, some sort of dystopian future? No, because they're playing rock band. So it's like early 2000s. And a uh, bunch of girls are getting together. They have these weird ponies that are both made of flesh and somehow not made of anything real. Because you cut off parts of them 
and their blood is delicious. And uh, they can sort of fly. It's like a My Little Pony thing. I guess just basically My Little Pony's part of it. Maybe it's some sort of weird tangent dimension where we've created artificial life that is delicious. Then uh, she gets invited to this party where for some weird reason you got to cut off parts of what makes a pony a pony. And uh, then you get to be part of this exclusive group, which instantly filled me with terror because I have two daughters. And I remember the uh, late 2000s and early teens where they had weird parties they had to go to, and it was just as stressful and weird. They didn't have to kill anything or dismember anything, but uh, they did psychologically. And so she cuts off the wings and the horn, and this pony is weirdly all excited to have other pony friends because it's just this happy little thing all the time. It's going to keep his voice, but then it turns out that the ponies themselves have their own uh, ritual where they get uh, jumped in or whatever because you got to remove your voice too. So you're just these mute things. You're just basically a horse. You're just a small horse at that point. Uh, So thing takes off running, gets killed by the other ponies because they won't have one pony running to freedom with its mouth still working. So what's good? That was a good story. It was weird. Uh, definitely dredged up my own intense fears of what my daughters had to go through growing up. Uh, what sucks? The fears of the growing my daughters growing up and the parties they had to go to. Because little kids are jerks. Uh, boys, uh, as far as I know, because I don't have any little boys, uh, they're just pretty straightforward. They don't bother taking the time being mean so much as they'll just punch each other a lot. And, you know, say, I don't like you, kick you. But at least you know where you stand. Uh... Girls, from what I heard from my daughters as they got older, because they're in their teens now, it was a lot more psychological torture, and it was horrible, and they hated it. And they both have become, uh, well, I'm kind of proud of the fact they're both kind of punk rock kids. They kind of gave up being popular and just kind of whatever. But uh, still, I don't like they had to go through that trauma in their life. So what did we learn? Uh, That this little girl's got to make a sacrifice with something she loves to be part of this popular group. And uh, when she changes her mind, because the other girls lied about how she she had a sacrifice, uh, they they all look down on her because they just want conformity. And then the other ponies who have to suffer through their own, uh, I don't know, indignities, uh, they also are just as bitter. If you don't conform with what we already had to suffer through, then you don't even get to live. So uh, the point of this, the world is cruel. But we already knew that. Uh, So with that, thanks for listening, and I will uh, see you next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most, where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Well, uh, you can find me uh, at my website, nuzzlehouse.com, where I have a backlog of everything I've ever read. Uh, You can search for it by author if you're a weirdo who's into that kind of thing. Uh, You can also find me on my completely dead and never used Instagram at House Nuzzle, uh, which you'll never see me update. Uh, You can find me on Twitter uh, at House Nuzzle. 
where uh, eh, you can leave me a message or something if you want. I post on there just when I have new episodes and nothing else. Or if you want to speak to me directly, you can email me at glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Now let's see. I swear I still got one left down here. No. That one's got a cigarette button.